Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce this next guest. She is currently the Sponsorship and Digital Coordinator at the Washington Spirit. Please welcome Rihanna Wise. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and, uh, you know, just talk about, you know, your path into sports and, you know, what was your mindset going into college? Because, you know, with the sports industry going, being so competitive, did you know you wanted to get into sports? And what was that journey like uh, when you entered college? Definitely an interesting journey, to say the least. (laughs) Uh, So when I was younger, ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to be a veterinarian. And that was like my goal to be a veterinarian. (laughs) And of course, that's not how things work out. So I was actually at University of Maryland as an animal science major. And then just wasn't working out for me. Classes, I couldn't handle it. So then it was actually um, my friend Shelby, who you know of. Yeah, Shelby. (laughs) um, Yeah, she got me into working with the football team there, being a recruiting intern and talking to all the prospective players. And she was like, you're actually really good at this. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like it. And then I was like, well, maybe this is the path that I should go on. And then eventually um, I went to the University of Alabama and transferred from Maryland. And there I got my degree in communications, but I studied advertising. And then um, I entered into the sports world that way. Wow, that's huge. And (laughs) talk about, you know, being able to transfer and make that, uh, make that switch. Obviously, um, you know, I, I also, I mean, I transferred in mm-hmm. from a community college uh, to, to a university, but what was that like and how important was that to obviously going from Maryland to University of mm-hmm. Alabama? How important was that to make that transition and uh, to prepare yourself uh, for career in sports afterwards? I, it was a little difficult and scary at first. And that's something I kind of wish I did was maybe spend a year at community college to just transition better into a university and the science courses that I re- was taking, you know, getting used to how more challenging it would be. And I think <laughs> if I could go back, that's something I'd probably do. But I had to just think to myself that, okay, this one passion of mine didn't work out. And I went to go visit Alabama and I absolutely fell in love with it the moment I stepped on campus. And it's like, maybe this is the direction I just need to go in and just take that leap of faith that it'll all work out. And um, it didn't. I would definitely tell anyone, even if you're unsure about it a little bit, it's okay because change is uncomfortable and you're unsure of, how things are work, gonna, not going to work out or if they are, but just do it because in the end, you'll, I was happy I went basically. And now I've really just, it was the place for me. And that's just like what you have to think about is do what makes you happy and be okay with feeling uncomfortable with things at first because it'll all work out if it's meant to be. 
For sure. And uh, talk about your sports experience uh, before you got to the Spirit. Obviously, you have an impressive resume. You've worked with the Wizards. You've worked with uh, the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And you've also worked on the non-team side at the Head First Company. So talk about your strategy and how were you able to land so many opportunities and how much it was it you doing your own research and also networking as well? So I will say it is really hard to get into the industry, but once you're in, that's just kind of how you make your way to where you need to be. And that's where the networking comes in and really putting yourself out there. And I would say at first, it definitely wasn't networking. I'm usually more shy uh, when you first meet me. But with (laughs) the Wizards, I was on their promotions team, which is technically a street team and just getting the word out there about the wizards and tickets and the kids club and things like that. And even though it was a part-time job, it helped you get into the industry. And I think you just have to do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door, because once your foot's in the door, then other doors will open for you. If you're willing to also put in the work and, I think the sports industry is a very, very hard industry to work in at times because it is so time consuming and you have to be extremely dedicated to what you're doing and it has to be a passion of yours. And I definitely realized that along the way because um, some days, of course, were harder than others because it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And- and talk about, you know, working for multiple teams, going from uh, oh, football yeah. to basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like? And, you know, just talk about the differences and yeah. similarities between working across different sports. Definitely a lot of differences. I would say there's the demographics are all very different between basketball, football, and now soccer, especially women's mm-hmm. soccer. And I loved working for Monumental and the people there were amazing. My supervisor there, Erin, she was great and really supportive. And um, it was just a different culture. I would say basketball is predominantly black. You, The fan base is. Um, and with the Washington football team, you definitely have fans that, different have different faces and different cultures and whatnot and so I think that is interesting how marketing and whoever it may be I guess reaches out to their audience because they're so different and then when I moved to the Washington spirit I didn't really know much about women's soccer in all honesty it was very new to me and I think it's honestly like a blessing that I was put into a woman's sport because you learn so much about it and how much women are underrepresented um, under or the, I don't know the right word, but there's not a lot of representation for women in the sports industry. And so when you're actually in it and you see it, you really get inspired to 
want to make a difference and a change and uplift the women in the industry, their voices, um, and show that women are just as powerful and capable as men are. Um, but I think it also just taught me that like, it's good to be in different industries because it broadens your, um, I guess your perspective and learning different things from different sports um, definitely helped me with getting a lot more experience. That all makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and a lot of good information too. And obviously, um, you know, you had a variety of roles mm-hmm. and talk about your ability to network and breaking through opportunities, no matter the hurdles. Cause you, mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier um, there's not as much. It is improving, obviously, uh, with women being underrepresented in the sports industry. So just talk about your mentality, being able to seek an opportunity and go after it, uh, you know, no matter what. I think what I haven't done is network enough. And now I'm realizing, and people always tell you all the time, network, network, network. And I'm, just like, <laughs> oh, I'm too scared. I'm too shy. Like, I don't know what to say or put myself out there. And I'm definitely still learning how to do that. But it's really important to be confident in yourself and know your capabilities and know who you are as an individual and the work you've done. And whenever an opportunity comes about to show who you are and be strong and use your voice to separate yourself from all the other people. And I think it's definitely harder to feel that way as a black woman in the sports industry because it is a male dominated industry. Um, But it's also just taught me to try to be stronger and work harder for the things I want and to get to the next level. For sure. Mm -hmm. And that's that's so important. And so talk about because obviously we know about the team side, um, Mm -hmm. even, you know, there's agencies to work with as well. Uh, But talk about your time at the head first companies and what that experience was like and what you did there as a camp counselor. Yeah, so I was just your basic camp counselor. I worked uh, in the sports section of it. So I love working in the community. That's something I've also been extremely passionate about. Um, And even when I was at Alabama, I worked with kids in Tuscaloosa who didn't have the greatest education. And I was a student mentor for them. And then I also, with the camp counselor, it's just being able to bring happiness and light to kids' lives each and every day, just something that brings me so much joy. And this, even small jobs like being a camp counselor really teaches you how to be a leader. And with kids, you definitely have to be more expressive too and not be shy and quiet because they'll call you out on it. They'll I mean, I think you're weird or something's wrong with you or just with anything. So just really small jobs like that even taught me a lot about myself and just people around me in the community. And throughout your time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, prior to getting the spirit, 
how how much um like how often did you use job boards like teamwork online oh, yeah. or you know did you use any job boards like that yeah so i got all of my jobs through teamwork online and you can see like hundreds to a thousand people apply for the same job as you. It's very intimidating. Um, so that's something I use. And now I definitely use LinkedIn a lot more and I've known to what to put on my LinkedIn and don't be afraid to post about something, any of your accomplishments, because that's someone might see it and then share it with someone else. And so that's, those are two things that I think I've used, but I'm trying to use LinkedIn a lot more because it's an important tool to use platform. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and talk about, so walk me through, you know, some of the early roles mm-hmm. where like the Washington football team or the wizards, was there anything that you did differently to stand out? Because obviously, and I mean, we're living through it right now where technology mm-hmm. is just overhaul with zoom and, and zoom meetings all day. Um, so what did, was there anything that you did differently to, uh, stand out in the process to, to really make them, um, you know, see you as a really good fit for the opportunity? Um, I think it was probably my experience with the wizards that helped me because I already had some experience with a professional team. And then also I worked on with their foundation. So working with kids and also, being a student mentor with kids who were underprivileged and that was their foundation was built to work with kids who are um, DMV. And I think that also set me apart, just being a little bit more dynamic. And then during that interview process, we had to create this project of a community event. And so I would say my idea wasn't like out of this world, but I think I was more creative with building it. And I think that's a tool that definitely sets you apart is being extremely creative with how you present things um, because that's kind of my angle a little bit now is that I'm a very creative person and innovative. And so, yes, I have this one idea, but I can show it in a way that makes it look 10 times cooler. And I think that really does set you apart. So know all your Adobe creative suite and (laughs) try to learn graphic design and um, things like that really do set you apart. And I think that's that's what it was, because I remember in my interview, they said they really liked my presentation and how it looked. Yeah. Nice. That's that's awesome. Doing doing the little things that may not necessarily be listed on yeah. the job uh, description is always mm-hmm. important. Yeah, definitely <laughs> the little things go a long way, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I, I love it. Um, so talk about your day to day with the Washington Spirit, um, and what that you know kind of looks like, and mm-hmm. you know. Because obviously sports has no off season. So what does it look like, you know, in the off season and what does it look like, you know, when you guys are in season, uh, regardless of uh, COVID? (laughs) Yeah, it's been very interesting. Uh, So I started, I've only, I'm coming up on my year 
in February, actually. And so I started last February and then COVID started basically in March, right? So I went fully remote and I, it was it was a weird adjustment at first and then trying to get used to everything. And it was also my real like first time job, like full time. Um, so that was a weird adjustment too. But I am, like you mentioned, the sponsor and sponsorship and digital coordinator. And so I am the liaison for all of our sponsors. So we have sponsors like CVS, Sandy Spring Bank, which is a local bank, Progressive, um, Liars, which is was a sponsor that was new to us and their non-alcoholic spirits business, um, which has been very fun to work with because it's new. And then we have Budweiser. So we have a bunch of different sponsors. And so I typically coordinate meetings with them to go over all of their contract deliverables. And then I work with all of our other departments like marketing or sales to ensure those deliverables are done properly. And so I'll do other things like email marketing and coordinate social media that is sponsor related. That's awesome. And talk about, um, obviously with 2020 mm-hmm. uh, being very unprecedented, how was you know the spirit able to mm-hmm. deliver or some of the sponsorship activations? Yeah. And how did you guys keep that communication mm-hmm. open uh, during, you know, 2020. Yeah, so a lot of our contracts had player appearances. And of course, with COVID, that wasn't going to happen. And so hmm. we definitely had to think quickly. And luckily, the NWSL actually had some games. We had the Challenge Cup, which was in Utah. It was a huge thing. The Houston Dash won it. Not Spirit, but it's fine. Uh, this year might be <laughs> our year. I'm hoping this year's our year. But so that was also something that helped us with our sponsors because we were able to provide um, to push out their commercials that they gave us with our video content, like our podcast that we have and also our Richie Burke show and Richie Burke is our head coach. So they would give us commercial scripts or actual commercial footage and we'd air it before the games like a pregame show and then they would have banners at the stadium so we found ways to make the sponsor happy even though it's not really what was in the contract fully and with the player appearances we did things more virtual like so we did a lot of panels and also um trying to think of what else we did we did a lot of video content to replace the player Mm -hmm. appearances so even though it wasn't actually in their contract we tried to go above and beyond to make the sponsor happy so with liars we created a really cool video with Paige nielsen who is one of our players and she did like this cool trick shot video with holding a glass in her hand, like a drink in her hand. 
um, and the sponsors absolutely loved it. So small things like that um, really make the sponsors happy. And she sh did a photo shoot at a CVS location as well to compensate for a player appearance. So just trying to think differently, but still creative that make our fans happy, that fits with our brand image and also the sponsor. So I think we have an idea of what to do this year in case player appearances don't happen or if some fans, I know at Segra, I think we might have 25% capacity, um, which is in Leesburg um, where Loudoun United plays also. And that's DC United's practice field. <laughs> So hopefully we have fans there, but just improvising, always improvise. And I feel like that's how sports are too. Not everything is going to be perfect. And some things happen last minute that are absolutely crazy and insane. And you just have to learn how to work around it and make the best out of every situation. And yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of, of pivoting and adjusting uh, for sure. So talk about the sponsorship space. Obviously, um, it's it's different than the traditional uh, ticket sales side of the house. But if, you know, for people who are interested in sponsorships, you know, what advice would you give those individuals who want to get on the sponsorship side of the sports business? Hmm. That's an interesting question because I never saw myself being a part of sponsorship, but I would say it's definitely something that I'm glad I did because I've learned so much from it and how to deal with customer service and talking to huge sponsors. Like I never thought in a million years I would be talking to CBS or Progressive who people who like run huge campaigns the country but I'm talking to them and um, it's definitely given me a lot of experience so I would I would say I think my dynamic um, resume really helped me get the sponsorship role that I'm in because I'm doing a lot of digital marketing things or things with sales um, because I had sales experience too working at Alabama. I worked for the alumni association. And so I would just say, try to get as much experience as you can in different areas that could tie into sponsorship. And if you want to do corporate partnerships, like actual selling, then I would say, you don't really have to start in sports either. You can be a sales representative somewhere else and then work your way into sports, but you have that sales experience to help you get your foot in the door. Um, so I would just say, I don't know, because my story is so interesting. So I don't have like the right exact answer, I feel like, but... Um, no, no, I think that's important. You, you mentioned, um, and I, mm -hmm. I want to touch on that too, about being open yeah. to, to opportunities. You know, I, I think sometimes a, a lot of us feel that we want to work mm -hmm. for this certain team, this certain yeah. organization, 
But how did you continue to be open-minded throughout the process of working? Yeah, you definitely have to be open-minded for sure, because (laughs) I'm a huge, like, baseball fan. I love the Red Sox. I love the Patriots. Like, I'm... Yeah, so it's just you have to be open-minded, and even though it's not necessarily maybe the position you wanted or the team you want to work for, the sports industry is so competitive, you got to take what you get, you know? Um, and I love each and every opportunity that I was given because you can make something out of whatever you're given, Um So I think that's like an important way to look at things and a good perspective to have is that even though maybe I didn't really want to do sponsorship at first, and if you're my boss, sorry that you have to hear that, but I feel like maybe she knows that anyway, but it's like, I'm appreciative of what I've, that I have, and I think there's, I've seen so many people who are my connections on LinkedIn, they start with one role and then they end up in a whole different department Um, because you have to, I think also be in different roles to understand what you really want to do and what you're really passionate about. So I was in community relations with the Washington football team and now I'm in sponsorship, but I really love the marketing aspect in what corporate partnerships offers and there's people who are do marketing with only corporate partnerships. Um, So that's also something to think about or just never say no to an opportunity because it's not exactly what you want because you don't know what can come from, from that basically. Yeah, for sure. I, I love it. Be yeah. be open minded mm-hmm. and is, is yeah. key. <laughs> Always be open minded. And I think being open minded and taking a role that maybe you don't really want a hundred percent is just a way to keep you grounded as well. Um because for me, I know I was lucky enough to get this role with the Washington Spirit. Hundreds of people applied to the position I was in. And then COVID hit and I was lucky I didn't lose my job. And then I'm still learning and people are teaching me um, so much. My supervisors and people above me are teaching me so much things that I, I didn't know. So definitely always have an open mind and always be grateful for the opportunities that you're given, even if it's not what you want. For sure. I mean, yeah. I, not to I totally get super inspirational uh, or or mushy over here, but that's my that's my advice. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, mm-hmm. for our listeners, they're definitely <laughs> gonna love that. Um, so for mm-hmm. the technology side and the digital piece, uh, you mentioned that you know you love mm-hmm. being creative, you like that part of the environment. So. Talk about, you know, what has changed, you know, since you've entered, you know, the the sports industry. I mean, I remember when I was working at CBS, it was Twitter. You know, Twitter was huge and we didn't have things like TikTok or, you know, Insta. So, like, um, talk about how the digital space has changed and how much of an impact that has 
not just on the team, but the athletes as it well. It is huge, honestly. Um, we just signed Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet, who are on the women's national team. And they just boosted our following by so much because – you know, people might not be interested in the Washington spirit, but they're interested in them. So by them being on our team and them having a huge following, it gives us a bigger following. Um, and I think that also ties into sponsorship with like influencers and things like that, that it's really important for sponsorship as well, because that's something we pitch to our sponsors that this player has this certain amount of followers and gets this many impressions um, these are their stats and everything. And it really ties in, you know, the sponsor pulls them in because it's like, well, they can offer you something, not just us, if you sponsor with our team. Um, and so Twitter is definitely our biggest platform. And I think that's where we see the most engagement and TikTok is a little new for us. We're gonna we're gonna venture down that down that route. Uh, so I have my own TikTok, but no one needs to look it up because it's actually it's actually awful. So that's something new. But I think TikTok is going to be the up and coming, which it already is, like hot commodity because things go viral so fast, and you get so much exposure. Because ev- anyone can see it in the world, you know? And I think that's something that's very important with social media is use TikTok. TikTok is where it's at right now. Um, but with Facebook <laughs> and Instagram, I would say Facebook is definitely a, def- a different demographic. So And that's what I'm learning now. I'm in my master's program at Alabama, getting my master's in marketing. um, And I'm getting a concentration in uh, social media, digital and social media. And so I think that's something that's really important to remember is that each platform has their own demographic. And when you're creating content, You can easily have one post posted on each platform, but it might not register the same way on each platform because you have a different demographic and a different audience. So I would say TikTok is definitely more Gen Z, the younger generation. Facebook is a lot older. And then Instagram and Twitter, I would say, is more millennials. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what what I think of. So... (laughs) Um, I think that's something the spirit is going to dive into deeper and analytics matter. So you can post whatever you want, but the analytics will show whether or not the content is doing great with your audience. So I think that's something we're, we're going to do more. And I see a lot of people um, in the industry, like the Washington football team, social media manager, she is like insane she has turned their (laughs) social media accounts like she's incredible like that's someone who inspires me and i just want 
the spirit to be like that and have that energy and bounce off of other teams and their energy because I would say we are not as well known compared to other sports organizations. And so I think having more um, reputable and notable players coming on and having players from the women's national team is going to really put eyes on our social media because that's just how things spread now. Not traditional anymore. It's all social media. And that's how things are. Yeah, for sure. And and talk about the notoriety. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, the players you guys just signed uh, definitely yeah. boosted that awareness uh, for the social media accounts. But why, um, why do you think that uh, the spirit still does it may not have the same name recognition as other sports uh, teams and the DMV? Um, I would say because we're still building our team. We've been around from the knowledge I know, been around for a few years. And I think it was the Washington Freedom back in the early 2000s. And then we got a new owner, um, Steve Baldwin. He's great. And for the past few years, so it's really just rebranding and getting our name out there. And I'm hoping that we cross promote with a lot of these other teams in the DC area. And then also another player that we got, she's 18 is um, Trinity Rodman, which is Dennis Rodman's daughter. And yeah, so I think that is also something that is going to bring in a whole new audience for us because she's just an awesome player and she's so young and just, she also wants to be her own person. She wants to step away from being I'm Dennis Rodman's daughter and she wants to be her own and create her own path. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in her story as well. And so I think that's going to get a lot of attention from people who are not, solely interested in soccer, but maybe basketball or um, maybe even more men because our main fan, our main fan base is one like our women. Um, So we're hoping that that will maybe bring in a brand new audience for us. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. And talk about that um, as well. I mean, obviously, um, you know, yeah. being the demographic um, that's, mm-hmm. you know, predominantly female, but what what can, you know, teams like the Spirit and the League do to enhance its brand, just not across mm-hmm. the female demographic, but also the male demographic as well? Um, you know, what does the Spirit do and how can – what also the League initiative as well um, increase that awareness across – Um, So I think for us, I think COVID didn't help. Um, So we have to really step up our social game. Um, And I think the new players will help because I think a lot of people honestly are like more interested in the national women's soccer team more than the men's um, because the women's soccer team is just so good and there, I like. <laughs> I've never seen athletes like that, and 
Um, they're just insane. But I think that's something we're definitely figuring out this year is how to reach that male audience and retain that audience. Um, and I think it will have to do a lot with working with other teams in the D.C. area, like the Wizards and the Washington football team. Um, I know we're hoping to work with the Wizards with – so we have two new Japanese players, and so we're hoping we can work with the Wizards, with them, with Rui, and you know, kind of collaborate together because – I think that's also something that draws attention as well and will bring in a bigger audience. And um, yeah, that's something that just is going to be a little bit new to us and how to reach the male audience because I think there is a stigma when it comes to women's sports. And I think we're slowly changing that and we see it in the industry happening, especially this year with, Jennifer King with the Washington football team. We have new um, referees and, um, you know, with the Super Bowl and I think also in the NBA as well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that's just just bringing more attention to women's sports as a whole. And people are very interested in what's going on whether it's negative or positive people are still talking about it and so if we're bringing attention to it i think i think that's something also is just important is like we don't need to be just focusing on the spirit i think it's all women together because we can build upon one another and um i think that really that's what's going to make the difference and really get people to talk about it. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't say it any better and talk about the impact of soccer. Obviously it's definitely uh, the mm -hmm. world's number one sport. Um, in the U S it, it's um, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's not as, you know, prominent or, or dominant as some of the other yeah. uh, sports leagues. So talk about mm -hmm. the sport as a whole and the growth on that side, you know, I as well. I think it's definitely growing. The NWSL is growing really fast. We have expanded a lot. There's a new team in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes' fiance is one of the owners. And then we have um, – Angel City, which is in LA, is coming in 2022, and they have a lot of notable owners like Natalie Portman. Um, who else? <laughs> David Dobrik's assistant slash friend Natalie, which I think is very interesting because that's going to bring in a lot of younger viewers. I think too, um, and his fan base as well. And then I'm trying to think, oh, and Louisville, Louisville is a new team that's coming this year too. So we had a huge expansion draft. So a lot of moving parts, but I think with moving parts, there's more to talk about. So it's always just getting the news out there and, um, 
I am for sure learning more about soccer. <laughs> I'm probably the wrong person to talk to about like soccer as a whole because <laughs> I've just grown up with football and baseball and um, even basketball. Not I'm really not that informed too much about compared. Um, so maybe in uh, maybe in another six months I'll know a lot more. <laughs> But here I am, <laughs> and here, I'm trying to trying to tell everyone about the Washington Spirit and how great the NWSL is, and get your season That's... tickets because we might have fans this year, and we're going to be an awesome team. And I think I think the NWSL is going to be really huge in the next coming years, um, and I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and <laughs> that's certainly important mm-hmm. and progress is yeah. is always mm-hmm. vital um, in any sport, right? So um, definitely, definitely huge. Um, so mm-hmm. we talked about earlier some advice for, yes. you know, uh, current students, um, but talk about, you know, some of your strengths uh, besides the experience. Were there any mentors that you leaned on? Um, you know, professionally throughout the companies that you worked with or organizations that you worked with that really helped, um, you know, why, you know, as you continue to work in the sports industry? Hmm. Let me think about that. I don't know if I had like any mentors that really stuck out to me. I think I always just believed in myself and that took time for me to really believe in myself but like I said my boss Erin from the wizard she was amazing um and she introduced me to other people in monumental so I had an interview with someone on the events and sponsorship side actually um and I didn't get the job but I had a great conversation with um, with her and the interview went great. And now she's a contact that I have and just she helped me build my network. So I would say I love her style of work, how she works, and she's always so positive. And just having someone you know that's in your corner always definitely makes you feel like you're not alone in this huge industry um and then who else I would say I would say also my family definitely helped me as well and my friends and that's something you can't forget about too um my stepdad he's a professor at the University of Maryland and so he's very into all the work stuff the work industry everything and he's definitely been a supporter of mine (laughs) when I've had some days that were bad and some days that were good and on my bad days he's like don't worry it's okay you are going this is all part of the process you're going to get where you need to be and you're going to keep climbing from there and so I think that's just something always to remember is just surround yourself by positive people and um the people who I work with now are great and it's important to also work for a company that believes in you and supports you as well because 
they're going to see your potential and know what's best for you and where you need to be and try to help you get there. And so that's another thing to remember. Just I've learned that there's hardships and positives, but the hardships teach you just, I don't know. I'm like rambling now, but (laughs) um, I lost my train of thought, but I would say that, yeah, maybe I need more mentors in my life, but it's okay if you don't have one in the industry because you have family or friends to support you. You're good in the bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, talk about the, you mentioned mm-hmm. the, the family support and things like that. So talk about your ability, because obviously you mentioned the confidence piece, you mentioned your openness. So talk about your ability to just keep pushing forward, because I know at times it is it's not easy, easy right? Yeah, I've had days um, where I've like cried <laughs> A few uh, times, but it's not easy. Um, but sorry, I cut you <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. No, no. So just talk about your ability to to push through it um, yeah, and go I after what you want. Again, some days are really hard, but I've learned that you do have to live in the present. And this is like what is happening right now. But you also have to understand that. Every single thing, like I mentioned, that's good or bad is going to help you get to that next level, shape who you are as a person and a leader. Um, And I think that's what you have to remember. Like when I was with the Washington football team and all transparency, like some days really sucked. They were really hard. It's an intense environment. And that season was a lot of changes going on too. And it was very stressful at times. But also, it's just like, I learned so much about myself that it helped me be more vocal about what I want and what I'm looking for in the future and how to grow like thick skin and stand up for yourself because it is, it's very intense. Um, So for, I guess, students just even though something might not be happening right now and it's a crappy situation with COVID and everything, just know your opportunity will come and you, you will get there. And hmm. it's, it's a, what's the saying? It's a jog, not a sprint. Is that the saying? Yeah. That's something I always have to remember. Yeah. Just like pace yourself, be patient, <laughs> be patient. Because I think with our generation too, we are so eager to get to the next level so fast and I have to always put myself back into like that space and be grounded and be like Brie you will get there you're you're 24 like people who are directors and whatnot are like 35 almost 40 years old like you will get there when it's (laughs) supposed to happen for you just keep grinding and doing the work that you need to do and it will all happen. And I think part of that was when I realized to get my master's because I almost got right after I graduated undergrad, I wanted to get my master's right away and do communications. 
Um, and I'm glad I didn't do that because I waited until I also got more experience with the spirit. And I realized I am extremely passionate about marketing. And so that's when I reapplied to go back to for grad school and I decided to get <laughs> my master's in marketing. And I think that's something also in the sports industry too. People are always like, I need my master's in sports management or I need to um, be a major in sports management or sports marketing in my undergrad when it's like, you really don't have to. It might help, but also for me, I think that's something I'm glad I didn't do for my master's because marketing is so much broader and you don't know how life changes or what different opportunities you're going to get along the way. And so I'm getting my experience and learning about sport through my career. And then I apply what I'm learning in my (laughs) master's in marketing to that. And I think it just gives you also another perspective on the, the marketing industry and how to apply that to sports because definitely with people I'm working with in school, they're, they're working in all different industries. So it's another way to diversify my, uh, my mind. I don't know. (laughs) Just like different people, just be around different people who may not think the same way as you or have a different perspective of things from you because they're in something different and you're learning about just marketing and the industry as a whole. And I think that's something also cool and something great to remember is you can apply anything to what you're doing. Like, even though I'm not majoring in sports management, what I'm learning, I'm still applying to what I'm doing now. Even though I didn't get my degree in sports management, I'm applying everything I learned in advertising and communication studies to what I'm doing now. So it's okay if you're not majoring in sports. You don't have to. And I think that's what some students forget is that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. I mean, I did the same thing. I was, I majored in business administration um, because I wanted to focus on business and got my experience in real life. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. I mean, yeah, it really is. is It's a a business. business, And I think that's something also people have to remember is that like the Washington spirit at the end of the day is a business. And yes, we want to cater to the fans and give them the best experience and the best experience to our players as well. But it's also a business. We have to make profit and sell tickets and all this other stuff. And so what is the best way to do that is learning how to market to your audience and how to grow a company with you know, business and financial, all that other stuff, stuff I don't really know that much about, but, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You definitely learn a lot from real world experience. And like I mentioned, someone who inspired me was my stepdad because he first went in when he was like my age, I think he said he was more of a computer science or tech person. 
and now he's a communications professor and likes teaching people how to do public speaking. He has his own public speaking business and that's his passion. And he's what, like 60 something years old. Um, yeah, sorry to put that out there. I'm sure he's going to listen to it later. <laughs> but, um, but it just shows you how <laughs> so many things can change and don't tie yourself down to just one thing because you're worried you're not going to have like that background to fulfill what you're like looking for because you never know don't always be open to anything and expand expand your knowledge to everything you can yeah i i couldn't say it any better and and we we could continue (laughs) this conversation uh for hours but um yeah i i really enjoyed the conversation um, and what are your plans? I don't have for the any. Weekend? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any. I have some schoolwork <laughs> I got to do. I think next weekend, next weekend will be way more busy because my next weekend I'm turning 25, quarter life crisis. And I'm like, oh, I'm so old, but I'm not. Uh, and then there's <laughs> Super Bowl. So I'm like looking forward to those two things. But this weekend, I definitely am going to keep it cool and laid back. But. I'm ready for next weekend already because I want I just want to do my birthday. But nice. yeah, this has been a great conversation. My first podcast. I hope I didn't do terrible. <laughs> okay. Nah, amazing. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was <laughs> it was great. When do mm-hmm. um now for for the spirit for um 2021 um you guys are looking to have fans yes so i know hopefully like i mentioned segra field which is in um loudon county will have maybe 25 percent fan capacity and then we also uh play at audi field and we're having more of our games and then we're hosting Mm -hmm. two games with the challenge cup at audi field and we're hoping to have fans there as well because that would be huge for us. Um, and uh, I think last, not last year, but before I came on, the year before that, we played at Audi Field a few games. And we actually sold out Audi Field. And DC United didn't. And we did. And um, so I am hoping we have fans again <laughs> at some percentage this year because – the fans love Audi Field. It'll be my first time working at Audi Field. So just just all new and I'm excited. Nice. Yeah, for sure. And and one last thing here um for cuz I know yeah. soccer's a great, you know, connection mm-hmm. with the men's and women's side. So how often, you know, obviously you guys, you know, share can mm-hmm. um, have a few opportunities to share the space and field with the DC, with DC United. Um, So how important is that relationship, you know, with Uh, the men's team? I think it's very important, but with our analytics, actually, I looked at it. A lot of women's fans, women's soccer fans watch football and MLS, but MLS fans don't watch women's soccer, which was very interesting to find out. So that will also be a new journey for us to figure out because I think 
it's going to be really, really important for all of us to be a community together with the spirit and Loudoun United and DC United, because we're all going to be working in one place together. So I think this year we really should, we really got to start building that community because why not share fans and support one another, you know? Um, so that will just be a whole new venture for us. But I think, I think we'll be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, Brianna, <laughs> why do you me. appreciate you coming on the pod? Um, let's keep, yeah, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. And uh, yeah, if um, any, any, uh, <laughs> any last words of advice? I don't think so. I think I was, I it was too inspirational. I'm like, ugh, get it in my feels. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I would say. Hmm. Be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself because that really does um, make you different and stand what's set you apart from everyone else. You know, I've being in sports has really taught me to be bring out my personality um, because I just used to be so shy and quiet and very passive. And now I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> it's Brie. I'm super sarcastic and a little goofy sometimes. And I'm not afraid to show that anymore. But I'm also more confident and determined. And I know what I want. And I'm going to get what I want, hopefully, um, <laughs> as long as I put in the work to do it. And um, that's just that's going to be my word of advice is to be yourself because the right people will be there for you and will want you. And if you don't get a job that you wanted, it's okay. It just wasn't meant for you. And that opportunity will come for like, will come when you least expect it, but it's going to work out perfectly. And that's just, that's my advice. Just, there's always a plan. Something's always going to happen when you least expect it. But just keep working to get there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, I love it. I, I appreciate you coming on the pod this evening. And uh, yeah. Yes, uh, really, thank you again. I uh, do appreciate um, you coming on. And hopefully talk to you again in the future. Thanks so much for having me on. And if anyone wants to uh, buy some tickets or be a sponsor for the Washington Spirit, just let me know. Hit me up. Hit Corporate Tales up. <laughs> we got room for you. Yeah, I got to do a slight little plug in there, you know, plug <laughs> for the sure. Spirit. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. 